0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Jamie Carragher and you are listening to the Kopite podcast.
1: What is happening, everyone? Welcome back to the Eye Podcast. It is the Bournemouth Reaction Show. Bournemouth 1, Liverpool 2. Liverpool are through to the next round on a fucking crazily windy, rainy, mad night. We still managed to get over the line with a... Well, we'll get stuck into it all. But before we do, I'm joined by Christian, as always, and I'm joined by Farrell Keelan from Empire of the Cop. Lads, how are we doing? Christian, come to you first. Seems your... Um, yeah, Darwin Nunez is his biggest fan, like we keep saying, and he got he obviously got the winner. We'll come to you. How are you, how are you feeling, lad?
2: Yeah, good. I was just going to say that there's no wind or rain that can stop Darwin Nunez. So, you know, just to play him in every every game, you know, in my opinion, I think, you know, it's always some chaos going on. So I'm very happy and there was a great goal that we will discuss even more.
1: Yeah, and Farrell, how, how are you how are you doing on this um, wet and cold um, Thursday morning?
0: Yeah, no, not too bad, not too bad. Thankfully, not as sort of wet and cold as it looked over at the Vitality Stadium. Uh, thank goodness. But um, yeah, no, nothing like a Darwin Nunez goal just to warm you right up to your core. Um, yeah, no, it's amazing, really. Very happy with it.
1: Yeah, and, and before we get into the into the into the game and stuff, what what was your thoughts on the lineup then, Christian? Because we we obviously discussed it and were trying to figure out, and we kept saying options FC because you're like trying to figure out who's going to play where and. Liverpool went fairly strong, of course. Caldera went in goal. Gomez right back. Matip and Kwanzaa, Simicast left back. Then we had Jones, Endo, Elliot, and then Salah, Gakpo, and uh, Zaboslai. So, I mean, we were discussing like the last round against Leicester, and that was strong. But I think even this was probably stronger than we both expected. I, I expected maybe a maybe a Chambers in there or a few, a few others dotted around. But I think because it was Bournemouth and because it was away. Um, I mean, I was going to say, and because the weather was shit, but no one could predict how bad that wind was. But I was quite happy with that lineup, considering like this is a trophy that this Liverpool, new Liverpool, if we can get through the, the next round and, and and keep and keep going, this is one that we can we can win. Fingers crossed and get a, a trophy across the line early doors. So I feel like going as strong as we did was just a sign of how Klopp, how seriously Klopp's taking this.
2: Yeah, and, you know, we were discussing it uh, the the last time if, you know, Tamikas would um, start uh, next to Kwanzaa because we were talking about having, you know, two youngsters on the same side of the defensive line. Maybe it wouldn't be beneficial for us. But, you know, has came in. We've we also talked about, you know, Klopp maybe risking him, you know, for a potential injury because Robertson is already out. We don't really have any other left back. But, you know, he started and Kwanzaa came in as well with Matip and Gomez. And I think, you know, when we looked at the defensive line, it looked strong and the midfield was quite what we were expecting, I guess, from where we, what we talked about last time as well. Uh, the only little surprise was obviously Soboslai playing a different role um, compared to what he's used to. But, you know, I think he, <laughs> he he did brilliantly anyway so it's you know it's another um, evidence that he can also you know play in multiple roles and do different jobs for us and we already knew that as well even though if we like him to play in centre of the park but you know do you see him you know be everywhere really and be involved and just do what he does is, is brilliant and then obviously Gakpo coming in uh, happy for him to be uh, coming back in the starting 11 and obviously with a goal as well that we'll discuss and Salah I guess played because Stoke still not you know available uh and you know playing sala is also something that puts respect to you know our name as a club uh w- whatever opponent is on the other side so you know when you looked at the starting 11 i was very pleased and i i wouldn't say i was you know very i, I was comfortable that we we're gonna win uh but you know the the weather obviously you know made it a little bit harder than i guess it would have been uh, if it wasn't that rainy and windy
1: yeah, and Farrell Christian mentions there like um Zabozlai going over. He seemed to be picking up a right wing position. Like Salah looked like he was going through the centre, Gakpo over the left. And I think maybe, I mean, like Christian rightly says, he can play anywhere because he, he is he is that good of a of, of a of a player. And I, I guess that might be like a little nod to when Salah's not available. Maybe in January there were options in terms of the, the right wing position that like, can 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 fit in there, but again, he can he can go he can go anywhere, can he? Because he had he had a few chances in the game to score, and he was very unlucky. But again, another performance where he just kind of it's just he just he's out a level now already, which I just think is crazy in such a short amount of time. Where he just you, you know you're going to get just pure quality from him every game,
0: and in such challenging conditions as well. I mean, I mean it's a fair point, certainly about some of the African Cup of Nations as well. I mean, he's played in that position uh, for Leipzig. Last year was, was reasonably effective, I think, as well, for Leipzig in that sort of forward right sort of position. So I wouldn't at all be surprised if Klopp did sort of opt uh, for that particular option. I, I think the, the most interesting point, certainly, to have emerged from this, you know, I think certainly you know, Bournemouth, a quality opposition, we have to respect the opposition. But, you know, you, that's that's yet another sort of cup game when Bendo hasn't started. So, you know, just does, does show perhaps where the sort of priorities are in the squad at the moment. And you do think, well, when it, when it comes to it, you, you it's going to be a senior option, isn't it? it, It's going to be a Sabozlai. That's probably, I mean, I'm just trying to think of sort of the options we have sort of um, available there. I I think, yeah, it would probably, yeah, Harvey Elliott as well. I think we have to consider. I think he he played, he played there briefly, I think in our last league game, maybe the one before that. Um, So, yeah, no, I mean, you're absolutely right. He's spot on. I remember watching him in pre season and thinking this lad's going to need some time to settle in. He looked a little bit rusty, but how he's just, you just would start him in every possible league game you have, wouldn't you? He's just he's just that good. He's so integral to everything good that Liverpool do and have done this season. You know, I, I don't want to go as far as saying, any potential success. We have hinges on him as a player because we have so many other superb players who have contributed this season, even our summer signings who have contributed this season. But my goodness, my goodness, I just, just, you know what, I can't help but think, what if Liverpool had managed to sign Mason Mount and hadn't gone over to Leipzig and said, we'll give you 60 million quid and will have your best player. Could you imagine if not? Not to say that Mason Mount, I can't conceive the world where Mason Mount would be a success at Liverpool, because I think he would have been a success at Liverpool under yeah. Klopp. But would he have been as much of a success at Liverpool as Dominic Zaboli? I find that very hard to believe personally.
1: Yeah, I, I love the clip that's been servicing recently as well. Where start of the season Gary Neville's like oh, Klopp would swap his midfield for um, Casemiro. You
0: <laughs> <and Mountain laughs> wouldn't like, now, would you? <laughs>
1: just, I just love it. Every season, there's at least one Gary Neville fuck up where he's saying something that he's he's completely sane about every other club. He speaks rationally, but when it comes to his own club, he just goes mental. He just goes, he goes insane and just blames it on. Leaking, leaking roofs and the glazes every 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 game. It's just I mean tight yeah, they socks got... now, isn't it? Yeah, tight A tight, tight socks. And uh, yeah. <laughs> oh no I can't fit into yeah. the 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 shirt. He was wearing replicas. Like just. Mm-hmm. Fucking hell, lads. Like when we had bad injuries, we were getting told to get on with it. And now you're just trying to bring tight socks into the
0: fucking equation. It's just it's just absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Um, it's worse, I'd say, than than Klopp sort of banging on about the wind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tight socks. I mean? Fuck
1: me. Yeah. Like what next? Oh, we had the bot. We haven't got we haven't got any um, we not any footies at the training ground, lads. Can you what are we gonna do? We can't train. Fuck's sake. Um yeah, but in, in terms of the game, then I mean we're gonna get on to I don't want anyone think we we forgot about Gerald who so was man of the match. We will be getting to him at the end because there's a, a good segment there with me to talk about how, how good he was last night but we'll, we'll stick with the action in the game and um, Christian Gakpo gets the gets the open and Liverpool had a few <laughs> chances before that um, and because of the conditions and the wind and whatever it was a bit of a mad goal but it comes back out Javier Elliott well flies through about five bodies and Gapo, I've actually watched it back. the back this morning. He does do well to kind of get that first flick on it, where it goes directly at the keeper, and then he follows it up with another another strike. And again, I always say like a goal. If you're going to get a goal, get it in the first thirty minutes. And Liverpool continually keep doing that, and that, that's that kind of coincides with how Liverpool are and why Liverpool are don't doing so well. But it was a, it was just great to see that kind of it just settles the nerves a little bit, especially when you're away from a moment in the conditions like that.
2: Yeah, and I think, you know, I think we started well the whole game from the start. Uh, we were controlling it. You know, we, we, like you said, we created chances. Uh, so that's why I wasn't concerned about us actually, you know, gonna uh, go and get the, the win, to be honest. But, you know, you need to score the goals to get the win. That's how it works. But, you know, I just felt that we, you know, controlled the ball. Um, created chances and you know when when Gakpo scored that goal it is brilliant because we we kind of keep on going at, at them and then you know we find it hard with the weather obviously uh but then you see that kind of goal ways in the space and just you know being really uh you know just very uh, there in mind because you need to be quick as well. Like, it goes very quick, everything. But, you know, I think, you know, from not only Gak was going to go, I think, you know, you mentioned Harvey Elliott there as well and I think he had a really great game because sometimes he can, you know, maybe do a little bit of a sloppy touch or maybe don't succeed with his, you know, finishing or whatever. But I think he's... Uh, fighting spirit and the way he works and he drives the ball forward. You can tell all the time there's loads of talents there. So if he can just, you know, continue to get the time that he has had from Klopp but still has, you know, belief from Klopp and his staff and just continue to develop in this way by playing some games every now and then and being involved, he will be a brilliant player because he got he got a very good football brain, that kid. So I think, you know, he will continue to just do great. So, you know, the the build-up, the goal, brilliant. And like you said, the goal in, in, within the 30 minutes, we felt like, well, i felt like this is not a problem we probably score a couple more but you know obviously that changed with the weather like we mentioned but it was a great start anyway
1: yeah i think earlier just before the goal should he should score to be fair it's a great little bit of play and he's basically looks like close to the pen spot and difficult chance but i think when those chances start to turn into goals for javier i think that's when he will start starting games more often i think i think it's yeah. fair to say he's, he's better off the bench this season and it's a testament to how he's uh, applying himself, and I think Pep Linders mentioned it the other day, like in in training, he's always he's always top class, and even yeah. when he's not playing, and of course, it's, it affects a- any
2: player. Yeah but that's the thing with a young player like him like you know even if we mentioned this before as well that he came very young to Liverpool you know as a very bright talent that you know Real Madrid was interested of and there was other clubs you know involved as well you know probably looking at him and he came to Liverpool because obviously the great environment and working on the club and being a Liverpool supporter and all that but you know to see him you know developing had his injury as well but you know he's someone that you know will I wouldn't say just take time but you know he has skills that he can just sharpen up a bit and he will get there like the same like we were talking about Nunez last season you know he will he will get there and now he's showing off that you know he got all the right tools to go on and be world class you know in the future the way he plays and you know it's the same with Elliott It's only 20 anyway so you know as soon as he just get the chance to continue doing what he does it will it will click at uh, one day very soon and you know he will become a really great midfield for us who can play in different position as well which is a great option
0: I think Christian's spot on about really the age as well. We do forget, maybe maybe not us sort of three necessarily here on this podcast, but I think some do forget that he is only 20 years of age and he's coming on, he's impacting games off the bench, he's impacting the games when he's starting. His tactical understanding is quite sort of advanced for a 20-year-old. 20, 20 I get the impression, you know, I think... Neil Jones was talking about this elsewhere and I think he was sort of saying, you know, if you look at him when he comes on off the bench, you get the impression that he has been he's not been sort of sat on the bench having a laugh with his teammates. He's there actively watching the game, analysing the game, seeing where he can make an immediate impact if and when he comes onto the pitch. And, you know, you, you could see that it's been reflected in the quality of the performances we've seen from the bench from this season. But he is 20 years of age and it's almost that kind of... Curtis jones S kind of, you know, I'm, I remember when everyone was sort of calling for, oh, you know, Curtis Jones is done, Curtis, you know, Curtis Jones this, Curtis Jones that. And Curtis Jones at the time was 20, 21, now 22, you know, and just a, a surprised by sort of how many people were prepared to bin a player that, you know, even a player that Jurgen Klopp had repeatedly come out and said, no, then no, this is a player I trust, this is a player with a lot of quality. You know, you, we have to remember that even, you know, when we're as quick to sort of praise Dominic Sabozlai, aged, you know, 20, I think he's 23 now, he recently turned 23. Yeah. We, we we have to give credit where credit's due for the younger players. Like, you know, I think sometimes people forget, I think people Probably, if you just watched Harvey, like, you'd think he was maybe twenty-three, twenty-four. It feels like he's been in the Liverpool squad for quite a long time now. We did sign him quite young, um, but what, what what he's showing and what you know, what he's continuing to show and that sort of development is is astonishing.
1: Yeah, I think feel like when someone's been in and around the squad for, I guess over three years, people expect them to just start exploding and being scoring loads of goals and whatever. And it's not always the case with. Especially with like you said, Curtis Jones, who again was I thought was very effective again and very good yesterday. I mean, goes under the radar a little bit. how just how good he is at like just keeping us ticking over, driving with the ball and and, and stuff like that. And One esque isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I think being out of the being out of this um, team for three games didn't help him because I think he's very much a rhythm player. I think if, if he plays every game or gets minutes every game, he'll keep that up for you. But if he misses a couple. I, th- I feel like it does take him a couple to then get it back to the level he was. So again. And another player and, and and Elliot as well, who not a Scouser but is is a fan, a Liverpool fan. So you can't you can't buy that in in other. You can buy good players, but you can't buy that energy and and desire to win that these play, the, these have got in the brain and have been and I had it since they were a kid, So I think you need to give those players more time, if ever, if any. And that's what I always say. And I think it's I mean stuff like this gets lost on social media. And stuff stuff like this, if if you don't score yeah. five five a game, really you fucking
2: but just imagine how much, you know, Man United would have liked the midfield we had yesterday uh, to play <laughs> for them, you know, they would have, you know, probably winning a few games if they had Endo, Harvey Elliott think Curtis Jones in midfield instead of the crap they got. So, you know, sometimes we just, you know, consider ourselves lucky because we got young talents that comes in and does the great job for us, even if it's not like a starting players, but they still come in and have a very great impact on games and showing off what they can do. So, you know future is bright for us in terms of you know Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott being able to play for us. If we can't have Sobersly like McAllister or um Graven Birch, you know, the mix is, is is brilliant. And you know, there's out there who are actually are a little bit and you know envy us because of the way we have treated the summer and you know, getting all their players in and changed the whole midfield. You know, we look at it now, it's brilliant. Brilliant. So yeah, so I had a little look this morning at the United
1: game because I just thought that's just hilarious, and apparently it's the worst start since like I think it was 1962 or 61, which is just like, wow, Chef's kiss. Bring me more of that shit, please. Um, but yeah, b- back to the back to the um, back to the action then because Liverpool go in one 0 at half time and the, you could tell the wind was affecting them a little bit more that first half. So I was worried that the second half it was going to affect us more, and that was to be the case because every every time we tried to play a long ball, I was like, please just try and like fire it like hard and low or just play it along the floor. Cause when, I mean, if anyone's played the Sunday league, when you're, when you're trying to play long balls and that, and it's just flying back at you, you're like, fucking hell, this is, this is hard graft. And you can see that from Keller's goal kicks where they were basically go look like they were going to go far. And then the wind was like, nah, mate, it's coming back to the pen spot this, Um but yeah, and that kind of, they were kind of building momentum, I guess, from from and getting encouragement from from that. Um, and I think the goal, the goal, came comes from out right the corner and it's whipped in. I think Joe Gomez clears one off the line, and I don't know how long before it. That's basically as good as a goal. And we haven't talked about how good Joe Gomez was, as well, who we thought was great, but he clears it off the line and Clive it Of course, it's all. I always find that if a player hasn't got his first goal yet just let them just wait for the Liverpool game and no doubt he'll, he'll get it against us. I mean, we still won the game, so I'm not arsed, but you just had a feeling that he was going to get his first goal. And yeah, um, Farrell, it was like, how are you feeling when that one went in? Because 64th minute, you're like, well, there's still half an hour. Liverpool, uh, Liverpool have just made the subs as well. Like Nunes has just came on, the Callis has just came on and um, Trent's just came on three minutes before. So we had the enforcements already on the pitch. We didn't have to respond to the goal in terms of bringing on players. But I just had the feeling that, I mean, I wasn't specifically waiting for Nunes to do something good, but I just knew that Liverpool would come up with some magic to kind of respond to that.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know about you, lads, but I mean, the entirety of this season, I've never been particularly anxious when we've either you know sort of gone in behind or you know there's been an equaliser. We just considered a goal generally because we've just been so so much calmer. Like this, this move to sort of more sort of possession based football I, I think has suited us sort of quite nicely and it, it does relieve that sense of anxiety that may have sort of hung over from the sort of the last season you know what I mean when you did think oh, "If we go in behind we're losing this um, but yeah I, I, and I think you have like you say you have you have you rightly mentioned you have to take the conditions into account I mean even Keller had sort of hit a goal kick and it only went 30 yards at one point you know it's absolutely insane I mean the team couldn't travel back by playing could they? I think they had to take a coach back, which was the the, the right and the safe decision, uh, given the, the circumstances with Storm Kieran. Um so I, I I wasn't I wasn't bothered to be honest with you. And I think the thing is with Liverpool, you always know with the firepower that you can bring onto the pitch. The fact that you can just bring on Darwin Nunez onto the pitch is is absolutely insane. You know I I looked at look his sort of goal contributions um, per sort of yeah, per minute, uh, last night after after his uh, wonder goal, and he's on something absolutely bonkers—like fifty-nine or so minutes, give or take yeah. a few seconds per goal or assist this season in all competitions. That is absolutely insane. It is—we're talking about see, seeing sort of Benfica season two levels here from Darwin Nunez. The boy is playing with. Such confidence and such calm, you know that he he knows is important in this Liverpool side first and foremost. But he's also got that sort of consistency now to his game, which which is which is so so pivotal. Even I mean, I I talk about Darwin Nunez. I've not really talked a lot about Cody Gakpo, who again, you know, I think five got five got five goal contributions in eleven games uh, this season. He's he's come back from an injury that had him sort of sidelined for three to four weeks. That's difficult as well. You know, coming back, being involved and actually having an impact after an injury. You know, we're talking about a player that, again, could probably do with a little bit of rhythm on his side. And he was he was brilliant as well. And it contributed when it mattered. So that's the beauty this of this Liverpool side. Has the best attacking options in the entirety. I can't think of a single side in Europe that has a better array of attacking options or anyone I'd rather have and sort of our current options. The, the, the diversity of options, we're not talking about it's all the same type of lads. They're all very different in terms of what what you, what you what you offer. You've got lads who can drop deep, you've got lads who can poach in the box, you've got lads who can widen the pitch. It is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, and then we've is. just I... gone and rebuilt our midfield on top of that, just to take the piss. It's absolutely, I'm loving it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, f- I feel like it's it's always a good testament and a good, a good barometer if you're looking at who the man of the match was, and I think it was clear that it was Kwanzaa for this one. But m- m- all the lads put in a shift. Like that was a proper Premier League team away from home. Anyway, is going to be difficult, to, especially Bournemouth. It's always tricky to go. But throwing the the factors of the of the conditions and the wind and the and, and whatever, it just made it a. It was set up for us to lose basically, or or draw and go to pens. And the fact that we still got through it, I mean, Klopp, of course, the old. Klopp um, quote and mentality, mentality monsters. I thought hopefully that can come back a little bit more, and we hear that a bit more because Liverpool are showing that in in each and every game, and it's it it's it, it's a lovely. It's lovely to see. It really is. So Christian, we'll come to you for the goal and because Nunes and you are just like Bezzy, So you might as well you might as well take <laughs> I the <wish>. fl- take, <laughs> take 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 the floor with Darwin Nunes because what I love and what I saw this morning was a I don't know who it was some some fella with a blue tick saying. Um, even if Nunes scored thirty goals this year, um, as, because the touch that he took, that means he's not world class. Something along those lines. It was bullshit. It just made me laugh. Um, but the wind, like we keep saying, you can't understate understate that. Trent plays a pass; and it's a good pass. I think if there was no wind, it would be perfect. And Nunes takes a touch yeah. on that, and he's through on goal. He, he misjudges it, but then he's got the pace to get the ball, and then he's got the presence of mind and the ability and being world class. That goal was world-class. It really was. Take a touch, cut it inside and hit it. I mean, people were making comparisons with the Suarez one against Stoke where he megs. I think it's Ryan Shotton and Kale's at bottom corner. I mean, I think Suarez's one was a little bit better. But I I, love, just, I loved that goal and the fact that they were jeering che- him after um, the bad touch and then he goes and sticks it top corner straight away it was just like perfect one of those perfect moments where you can hear our fans singing Nunes in response as the ball hits the back of the net and Nunes then goes off and sticks his hand to his ear basically tells the fans to, to shut up and um runs over to our fans celebrating it was just a it was just a proper proper joyful moment
2: yeah, and you know that's Darwin Nunes for us because you know we we know that he got this in him to score. You know these types of goals we've seen. We've seen even last season when people were still you know doubting him, and I I never did. I say that you know holding hands up. I never did. I believed in him from the start. But that's just because i even when I saw him. Because I wrote like a, a piece in Swedish for a Swedish website that is, you know, uh, connected with Liverpool. Um, and it was just, you know, saying that, you know, I love Darwin Nunez and here's why. Uh, and I just, you know, from the start that I actually saw him in and when they played against us at Anfield and the way he just, you know, made our defensive line, you know, looking a little bit... I wouldn't say stupid, but, you know, lost, uh, you know, in the way that he just was a threat for them all the time. I, from that moment, I felt like that's a player that you can see that he's got so much potential and very raw, but so much talent. So I already then felt like I wanted him to Liverpool. And obviously that happened, loads of money uh, paid for him, uh, which is the pressure, you know, from a supporter perspective perspective but i don't think he ever felt that pressure he might have come in to be a little bit you know new environment new country new places new, new people new uh, teammates new language, and all that kind of stuff which you know it's a natural thing to to feel that okay i need to settle here for a bit maybe which he has done now and he's, he showed really last season as well you know his numbers wasn't that bad but you know he scored some incredible goals already then so we know what that he got you know, that's in him. And, you know, to see the goal that he scored uh, last night just to, you know, with the the heavy touch or the bad touch or whatever they call it, you know, the wind uh, had its impact and, you know, that can happen. But, you know, to still have that uh, mentality, you know, in focus, you just, okay, I'm going to get the ball anyway because you can can tell first the ball that is going, you know, it's on its way to go out over the line, but he's very quick. So he just goes and get it and then, you know, gets there with his little tiptoes and just go past uh, the defender and just, you know, probably with a little bit of help from the wind as well, but he's using the wind and that kind of perspective because he, he gets that shot, you know, uh, perfect and he just goes over the goalkeeper and, and uh, you know, it's a great goal. And I think we will see more of this from Darwin Nunez. You know, the tap-ins like he did against, um, um oh, I can't remember now, just because of, you know, all the games that we played, but <laughs> the goal that he scored against, uh, which one was it? Uh,
1: last game, was it? Yeah, exactly. It's just my, uh, my... He scored a few that's happened recently. Uh, Do you mean
2: the Forest game? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. When Sobersly assisted him. Yeah, I just yeah, forgot yeah. who we played. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, because he's there doing that as well because he reads the game, he knows where to be and, you know, in, in the space and the, the areas where it's going to be dangerous. So he's there and he scores. But he also someone who can, you know, create these kind of goals. So, and we, you know, I saw the goals that we scored against Man United when we won 7-0. You know, the header... Like he's there, you know. He's just got so much, um, you know, all, all these kind of tools in his locker that he can use as a striker, which I just love because he's he's quick, he's he's technical. Even though people can say, you know, sometimes he's not the most technical player. Maybe he's not the most technical, but he got the technical skills. But it's just the way that he uses his body, you know, there's unpredictable, the way he shoots, the way he just has the confidence that even though, you know, he'd done that great uh, ball as well when he hit uh, the, the run and hits the post as well when he, he should have scored and Gravenberg scored instead, he just got all this kind of stuff and that's what uh, Farrell mentioned that, He's involved all the time. He's always a threat. You know, no one wants to play against David Nunez. So, you know, I, I'm i just looking forward to what he can bring more and more because I even wrote in that piece that, you know, we also have to put in consideration his own, like, 24 or something. He can still, you know, get even better on everything that he has in his locker. So, you know, just imagine the play he will be 26, 27, 28, when he's maybe supposed to hit his peak. And, you know, with hopefully seasons in, in his... Uh, uh, you know, in the past with Liverpool, where he scored loads of goals. So, you know, I'm I'm just enjoying watching Darwin Nunes play football because, yes, I do love him. He's brilliant.
1: <laughs> I thought you were going to say you wrote, you wrote the piece, and all the piece says was I love Darwin Nunes, and then they just <laughs> yeah, it. nothing
2: yeah. else. Just yeah, full, yeah.
1: full stop, lad. Nice one. See you later. Rope by yeah. <laughs> <a bit>. Exactly.
2: <laughs> nothing more needs to be said. <laughs>
1: yeah and and far, might as well continue that cuz he's got seven goals and four assists this season and 14 appearances i'm sure that's when you break that down like you said per minute it's very it's very impressive and again like he's definitely number one in terms of striker starter now i think i think we've all kind of craved that cuz we want to see the chaos week in week out um but Amount of players that we we've got that are doing well is again is a good thing. Like like you said, Gakpo Jota comes on and is still scoring goals. I think he's got like one and two in terms of um, contributions. I thought Keller was again. I think he was good last night. Kept us in the game. A few saves. Gomez was good. Kwanzaa was good. But I think Nunez is just like. I mean, it, it, I keep seeing loads of memes online where it's like. Um, I love Zabaleta, but now I, I I love the Nunes but now I love Zabaleta, but now I love like an enter X, Y, and Z players. There's just so many good players that you can love, and I think Klopp keeps referencing it as well, like saying there's there's so many good players in this team that you it's hard not to love, and I th- I feel like that's a big part of why Liverpool are the togetherness and whatever, like the lads, even like Van Dyke and whatever, running onto the pitch at uh, full time uh, with the hoods up against the rain and the wind, running onto it, to congratulate everyone. It's just little things like where everyone's proud of the younger lads and everyone's just
0: quality and the, and the depth there is unbelievable. Oh, the lads running onto the pitch with their massive coats. It was quite adorable, wasn't it? They, sort of, <laughs> yeah. saying that. they look like penguins sort of running yeah. onto everyone. <laughs> it was quite cute. Yeah, no, I mean, let, let, let's start off with the midfield because... We've signed four players, and the mad thing about it is, if you accept that the starting trio is now Dominic Zaboszli, Alexis McAllister, and Ryan Gravenberg, beyond that, you then have Curtis Jones, who's proved himself, Harvey Elliott, who's proved himself, Arturo Endo, who's coming into his own, um, and for, never mind the players that are sort of still recovering from injury, you know Tiago Alcantara, one of you know one of the. Most talented footballers of all time, and young Stefan Bashetic again, he was a key player for us uh, last season. That's 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 quite something. Now, what's even more special, as you've kind of already pointed out, Mick, is you know, we, we've only signed four players, but look at how much Klopp is getting out of the players that we still have currently in our squad Joe Matip, Joe Gomez, you know, Costa Simakas. Uh, it it th- these players that so many, I mean, myself included, I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't see. A future really for Joel Matip and Joe Gomez, but you know they've proved. I think myself they've proved a lot of people wrong um, about them this season. They've they've, sl- they've come in they have slotted in and, and critically they've performed. We're seeing perhaps one of the deepest squads now in in the Premier League in European football. You know a squad that is now capable of tackling the Carabao Cup of tackling. Yes, of course we can point to the Europa League and say, well, if we were playing Champions League football right now, we probably would be. Relying on our best possible starting eleven far more often than we currently are. You know, we, it, it, it is benefiting us not purely from the perspective of being able to rotate. I actually think it's valuable in terms of blooding in players like Ryan Gravenberg. I think that's helped him with surrender again. Um, it, it's the circumstances are quite favourable to us right now, even though I think many would prefer to be in the Champions League, of course. But yeah, I'm. I'm I don't know. I don't know how you can not look at this Liverpool squad and be excited about what it can accomplish even you know this term alone in the current competitions that we're in.
1: Yeah, and I think we we might as well talk about Quanta then because we haven't really spoke about him that much and I wanted to save a segment for him because uh, Christian, I thought he was considering it was only his fourth start for Liverpool. Fourth start. To cons- considering it, the conditions, the, the the team we were playing away from home, like I said before, it was all set up for Liverpool to maybe yeah guess i don't know feel sorry for themselves a little bit that the, it's it's not the perfect conditions for us to play what we want to play in terms of like our passing game long balls into the channels and whatever but for Quonset, Kwan, i think even when like second half when maybe not not so many options in the midfield because they were they were pressing as high trying to get maybe a second goal and trying to get back in the game kwansa would be like well there's no space i'm just going to run i'm just going to run into the space and try and make something happen and to bring to to bring that those type of skills to the table so early on, fourth, fourth start, only his seventh appearance. Hundred percent record in all those games, by the way, considering um <laughs> only, only played seven games. But I just feel like for a twenty year old, I can't see. I don't want to big him up like too much because I've gave him his own segment in the show. But I feel like he's there's no visible weaknesses there. Like he's pace, he's got power, he's got the ability to produce a 40 yard diagonal. He's got the short game. He can there's, there's no visible weaknesses there, and, and to be training alongside Van Dijk, one of the best of all time, Kanata, who's one of the best youngsters that, that, we, that we've had, uh, and like Farrell says, uh, Mata, and Gomez, who many thought would be the time was coming to an end for them, they, they've also started to produce at a, at a high level as well. He's got so many good players to kind of tailor his game off and learn and, and kind of T- tweak his game and and get rid of any potential weaknesses that that I haven't seen yet. But I just wanted to highlight just how how good he was and he was rightly man of the match last night.
2: Yeah, and you know I like that. You know he's he's one of them who's from the academy who's you know been going under the radar. You know, from I would say us fans, like you know myself included. There, I don't know if you maybe were aware of him, but you know you've seen his name and stuff, but you haven't really picked it up like you do with maybe others like bandok when he came from from Celtic, and even you know Bobby Clark coming down from Newcastle because you know you knew, know that his dad played, you know, when he's a, you know young kid that we you know he must be in, be in his genes and all that kind of stuff. But you know, Quanze twenty years old. He's been on going under the radar. He's had this time, and you know, and What do you call it? Like um, a moment of time where he had no pressure on him, like a 17, 18 year old, maybe coming up into a squad. Then, you know, everyone straight away, oh, he's a talented kid. You know, he will, we will see what he can do. See, he has never really had that. So he had his. Time to just, you know, work on his skills, you know, work together with the academy players and then take the steps without anyone even looking at him. And now he's coming in and he just looks very calm and composed, like you said. It doesn't seem like he has a proper weakness. He's, he's, he's like quite big and physical, obviously, but he's speedy as well. He's good with the ball. He just looks like he's very comfortable and not doing unnecessary things. He keeps it very simple. And that's what I like with a centre mid, uh, sorry, centre-back as well because... You just want to feel uh, calm as a supporter when, you know, the defensive, anyone in the defensive line having the ball, even the goalkeeper, you want to feel calm because, you know, they're good on the ball. They know what to do. They're not doing stressful things. And he seems to be having that, uh, you know, even though he's only like 20. And like you said, he learns from the best in the game. Um, with great experience, so just to have someone like that, and I think you know that that's oh, again why Klopp is Klopp and he's the manager because everyone was shouting for a for a centre back in the summer and. and you know probably the rightly so in one way because we do need to invest in that area but they know what they got on their hands and you know they've probably seen him and just like we don't need to stress to buy someone real expensive here because we got someone in our own you know uh ranks that we can use that can learn that can develop because we will keep Matić, we will keep gomez and they will do a great job we got kunati from dyke and then we got kwanza and now you know are coming in and just being brilliant for us so to have someone from the academy who's played there since I was really young, coming in, doing that great job. And you know, you can actually trust in that position, not being someone that feels risky because he's just young and another talent. He just actually seems to be the real deal for a centre-back in, you know, coming up, for, playing for England as well, you know, on the under, under-21s or whatever it was uh, lately. So, you know, to have someone in that age and you look back on their real Ferdinands, the John Terrace, you know, I wouldn't just compare him with them straight away. But, you know, in the same age, to be able to build, a, you know, something. Because just... You know, you can imagine that maybe Joel Matip will would leave next season, even though you um. Oh well, in the summer when this season is over, because you know uh, he said that he wants to finish his career in Liverpool and all that. That's you know if that happens, you know I'm more than happy to just you know extend maybe for a year or whatever and let him play whenever just to help us out if he, if that's what he wants to do. But you know if him if he leaves, then we've got Kwanzaa you know coming in and filling that gap and you know he's someone who can still develop and be great. So it's very exciting to see what that kind of player and young player in that position can actually come up and do for us. And it's great to have young you know young talent. From the from like I said, the academy as well.
1: Yeah, I think the um, the loan to Bristol Rovers. I think that helped him as well because he didn't make an appearance before then. So the, the time when, like you said, Christian, if he was coming through and he was like a, a, a prodigy or whatever, and people were like, "Oh, this kid's gonna be good," he had that he had that time on loan before to kind of give himself a bit of a platform and to show how good he was. And yeah, I think. Farrell, anything, any, any more good stuff to add about Kwanzaa? Oh, that we, so haven't, many, that we haven't so said much. you. Sure, you have.
0: <laughs> um, I mean, I do want to, I want to touch on something that you both sort of said. I mean, Mick, first, you mentioned that you know, I think it's four starts now for Kwanzaa, so that we do have to kind of maybe temper our sort of predictions of the kind of player he could become. But the fact of the matter is, is if, if he keeps putting in these kind of performances, you have to ask, where is the line? At what point do we cross the point where we can say this isn't. A Nathaniel Phillips or a Reece Williams, who've sort of come into the squad and helped Liverpool out a bit and have done a good job. They've done a solid job, but they're not that you don't see them becoming that tier of player. And that's not to slight them, that's just the reality of the situation. But Kwanzaa feels different. He does feel different. And there is going to come a point in the season, maybe this season, um, where we say, shit, we've, we've got one here. We've really, really got one here. Um, I don't think that point is now. But I, I, I could see that happening this season because I just think you're going to have to acknowledge it at some point because consistency is the key. If he's consistent with these kind of performances and he has no sort of clear weaknesses in his game, as you mentioned, Mick, then then what, what's holding us back from saying it? Because, it, you know, if it was Virgil van Dijk at 20 years of age, we wouldn't hold back from saying it. So not to say that he's the next Virgil van Dijk, but... If all the elements of the game are there, he's a clean footballer, he's reliable, he's consistent. Whenever he's thrown in, we are at some point going to have to acknowledge what he could become. Um, but that's maybe a point for later. Uh, Chris, I mean, Christian mentioned about you know his ability on the ball. I think it's quite interesting as well because Klopp talked about it after the match and he was talking about how much Keith and Keller had trusted him on the ball, you know, I think he had the most sort of touches, I'm just looking now at sort of the stats but he had the most sort of touches in the game against Bournemouth, 115 touches ludicrous number of clearances, seven clearances, two interceptions, a tackle one, four out of six of his ground duels, but you know the the thing that is stark there is the, sorry 114 touches rather than 115 one off, but you know, what is stark there is that he does have this, he does have the trust of his teammates. And you do see this sometimes, I think, with some sort of academies, the graduates. Not to say that there isn't that trust there, but there's that kind of awareness of, I need to be there for him. I need to support him. I need to guide him through this. This is, you know, this isn't a player, a seasoned Premier League defender You can just sort of be left to their own devices. You can see the trust is there. He's had over double the number of touches in that game uh, compared to sort of Joel Mateep more as well than Joe Gomez, you know, this this is a player that seems to have really earned the trust of his senior teammates. And I think that's stark, especially when we're talking about, you know, at at what point do we say we've got a player here? I I think we're we're going to reach that point potentially if he keeps us up.
1: Yeah, I I feel like like we are being quite, um, I guess, maybe... Maybe I was being a bit over the top, like saying there's no weaknesses, how good he is. But I think it's it's just normal to be excited about a, a kid like this who, I feel like you referenced there, Farrell, like Phillips and Williams, they had visible, to me, visible uh, weaknesses and deficiencies in, in their game. Like they had some very good part of the game in, in early and stuff, but on the ball and, and pace and stuff, stuff that Liverpool needs in that, in that area, I feel like he's got on. I feel like, yeah, if this is just a, these performances are, and he seems to be getting better every game by the way if these are just a benchmark for what he's then going to be become i mean it's, it's hard to say because he is still so young and who knows what he's going to become but the signs are, are just so promising and it's 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 all right to be excited about players i i feel like because especially when it's someone who's been at the academy since he was five years old like he's this is in his blood this is something that he's, he's been working for since he was since he was five years old so Fingers crossed he can he can start to I guess and with Liverpool playing all the time and if we're remaining in cups and go and fire Europa League, he's gonna get more and more game time, which again, like you said, is is a is a a good thing in 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 a weird way that it's our Champions League because we'll see him a little bit more in the, in those games, which will only benefit him and us in the long run if he gets starts producing on a, on a higher level. Um, so yeah, Liverpool did get through that game, and yeah, it was like we said, Nunes to get the goal was was even sweeter, getting over the line and all the lads running on the end, like Farrell said, like penguins with the with the hoods up and whatever was hilarious. But then then the draw happened, like what was it, like six hours later? it yeah. felt like it was just waiting fucking there for hell. fucking ages but let's talk about the draw because I've got West Ham at home which is I mean I would have loved Everton at home I would have loved them but <laughs> let's, let's save them let's save them for next round I mean but what would even be funnier if we got Fulham next round and they knocked Everton that would be even funny. but I would love Everton in the next round but um, yeah West Ham against us uh, we've got Everton at home to Fulham Chelsea at home to Newcastle and Paul Thaler at home to Borough so when you're looking at that, Christian, like of course all of the all of the big boys, as it were, are, are out of it now. And like I said, I mentioned earlier, like trying to get this trying to win a cup early doors, like this new Liverpool side. If you can get a cup over the line, early doors. And it's hard not to get excited when you look at the teams left in there that Liverpool can't go on and do that. It's um yeah, I think I feel like that was that was a good draw for us, I thought.
2: Yeah yeah and you know I I think when it was 1-1 uh yesterday I I wrote in the group chat that we have uh you know that this we need to go and win this because you, at that point you know it looked like you know Arsenal were going out to started to look like Man United were going out and you know they, they did so I said we need to win this because this this cup is up for grabs because you know Spurs is already out Man City is out Aston Villa is out uh, so you know this without being disrespectful to any team that is in the competition still you know we, we, you've got a great chance uh, with this quality that we have in this team to actually go and win it because you know the, the further you go the, the stronger the team you probably put on the on the pitch maybe you, you keep a keeper or whatever you know like Kelleher because you know playing in a cup and all that because you, you want to give someone a but you know if if you say that we go you know to the final i would say you know uh, whoever meets we um we will probably be the the favourites to go and win it. And I think West Ham at home, because you always think, obviously, that you're going to be drawn if you're going away. It's always much tougher, especially coming near the final and, you know, uh, teams like West Ham as well doing great at home when they play, Uh, you know, beating Arsenal as well, doing, you know, great in that way, to be honest. Um, So it will be a tough game, but, you know, playing at home is obviously uh, um, beneficial for us and I'm looking forward to that game. But, you know, I think, like you said, Mick, if we can get a like if we can go win a cup early this season with the new boys like Sobosly and McAllister and, you know, the others, just having that feeling and sense of cup glory and silverware that can actually, you know, do something that continues for, you know, the taste of success and, you know, can actually spin to become something even better come the end of the season, hopefully, because they already had that taste and you can't underestimate what it means to you know win something, and then obviously experience how the the fans and the people in Liverpool you know always welcome back. You know even if it's just a cup like the League Cup, or whatever. But you know there would probably be like a parade with people just cheering. You know that to, to, for them to taste that you know would be something that they can understand. Like we want to do more here, and you know uh, with that kind of quality that we have, there's nothing to say that we can't go and win. You know loads of things this season if we continue like we are doing at the moment.
1: Yeah, and I, th- I think Pep Linders in his preview to the to the to this game was kind of asked that question, and he can Well, he got onto the subject somehow, and he was talking about like how some of the lads have won every trophy, and the, the newer lads, some of the new lads have already won stuff, but they haven't won stuff with Liverpool. I feel like that's a. I mean, we're being very preemptive here. Like we're talking about winning it already. But if 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 you replace our name in the, in that draw with Man City, you know Man City going to go and win it. And I think that's that's the kind of way you need to look at it. Liverpool. Needs to be ruthless and. Um, and try and win trophies as much as they can, uh, especially when the draws set up like that. But yeah, Farrell, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting six days that because it's going to be on the week commencing the 18th of December. We play Man United at home on the 17th, we, so we'll play West Ham in between that and Arsenal at home on the 23rd. So that's going to be a a fun six days at um, all our home games and um, a total of like injury free and and still. Still beating teams when we get to that point because that's going to be that's going to be a
0: fun, fun crimbo time. I just have to hope that Ten Hag is still in a job oh, come come God, that time. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you you never want to underestimate Manchester United because they always, you know, well they they like to raise their game against us, don't they? Not 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 that recent results against us are any Doesn't sort know. of <laughs> proper indication. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I mean, the key thing for me is that that's a home game against West Ham, no traveling involved home against united home against west ham two days later home against arsenal four days later and then you're off to burnley so that's that's at least anything to reduce the travel uh, anything to reduce the, the level of fatigue the players are going to feel that that's that's quite important in my mind and we know that against west ham i don't know it's going to be a strong side but it won't be as strong as the 11 that Kopp would inevitably put out against arsenal especially and United, you'd imagine as well. Uh, you've got to respect the fixture, so I'm 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 quite pleased from that perspective. And, and yeah, I mean I mean, Christian's right there. I, th- I think you've just got to the minute you win you win that first trophy. I I think as well the important thing is more more than just simply giving our sort of new lads a taste of what it is like to win silverware at Liverpool is the impact it has on the players you've already got in your squad who have gone on who have won it all won the Champions League, won the Premier League, you know. Seeing that enthusiasm and seeing that hunger and desire come from the likes of Sabozlai, with Sireno, Ryan Gravenberg, Alexis McAllister, when you're winning these things with Liverpool, you know, they've not won a Champions League with Liverpool, they've not won a Premier League with Liverpool, they've not won the Europa League with Liverpool. They'll, You know, if they come out of this year and they go, oh, we've got a League Cup and or the FA Cup and or the Europa League and they go, well, this is nice. Wouldn't it be nice to win the Champions League next year? Wouldn't it be nice to win the Premier League in the same year or the year after that? You know, that 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 feeling spreads. You know, I remember like Ferguson used to say this all the time, that you have to keep changing your team about, because as soon as one team completely gets used to winning, that level of hunger, that desire, it fades. But you've got these new lads in and having that feeling present in these new lads, it will will spread to the lads who've already won things. Suddenly you'll see, we're already seeing it, aren't we, to a certain degree, with the performance we are seeing from the likes of Joe Gomez and Joe Matic. You will see these players go, well, actually, they will rediscover the hunger naturally, which is, so it it all fulfills everyone and and it plays a part. And I I think it's one factor that we can't play down when, when we're looking at what, Liverpool could do this season, what Liverpool could do in the seasons that follow. Yeah, I mean, it's very...
1: I mean, when you're talking like that, it, it does get me excited for uh, what Liverpool can... Uh, I mean, already exciting from what you've seen so far, but Liverpool have got just so many good options and quality that it's hard not to be excited about every player in the in this squad because everyone's getting on board with what we're trying to achieve. And it's it's good stuff, yeah. And if Eric
2: Ten Hag is still the manager for Man United when he comes to Anfield, he might even be called Eric Ten Hag instead of Eric Seven Hag this time. It might be <laughs> 10 goals, so then he could actually keep his name, the little bastard. Oh, I can't. I, mean, I
1: just hope that He just keeps saying, oh, we need, to, we need to keep this manager because he's got the got right ideas I, and we'll, we'll give him time and whatever. I see love that
2: man. when we see Liverpool sports ball we need to give Eric Ten Hag time. Yeah, yeah. You know, he needs more. You know, we need to be patient here to keep in, him <laughs> in the in position as a manager for Man United. So yeah, it's
1: brilliant. Yeah, yeah, in response to Man United fans saying get him out, I'm like, nah, you've got to give these players people <laughs> time. You've, you've <laughs> new new language, new uh, new country. You know what I mean? You've got to give these people yeah. time. Yeah. So fingers crossed. But Liverpool, the Liverpool machine marches on yet again. But just before we go, I want I want to discuss that we came up with a little idea yesterday me and christian while we were just chilling about like a new, a new show back on back on youtube maybe uh but it's called drink and discuss where we're gonna be it, <laughs> it, it, it's it's as vague and as general as it sounds we're gonna have a drink and discuss stuff um but we haven't we haven't done youtube for a while so we i don't know when it will be but i put like a little teaser up yesterday so it might be next couple of weeks when we can get our hands on some some cans of whatever strong stuff we can find farrell's of course he's already invited they already invited them yesterday so we can on do on as well and we'll, we can even get a couple of us on and just have just have a good old drink and talk about liverpool yeah. be- beating beating some people in, in, a, in a game of footy so yeah if you're if you're not following us on uh, youtube or not subscribe then you can go and do it at the Copy podcast if you want to get over there early doors and give us a little subscribe on there then you can do uh, but, yeah, nice one, gents. It's been an absolute pleasure. 50 minutes well spent. Absolutely love it on a on a Thursday morning uh, to cheer me right up with this shit weather. But, uh, Liverpool, like I said, keep keep the red machine marching on. We go again uh, for Luton on Sunday, which, again, away from home is going to be a tricky one. Let's hope the wind isn't as horrific. Let's hope it's a lot more kinder to us. But, as always, appreciate Christian jumping on. Appreciate Farrell for jumping on once again. And, yeah appreciate you guys for listening if you're still listening you are true copy podcast legends and we'll see you all very soon nice one
0: i'm jamie Carragher, and you are listening to the copy podcast
2: network